G'day and welcome to the Pod Pod. It's your boy Dossie on this Wednesday night, April 26th. 2023, talking all things AFL fantasy. We're officially one quarter through this beautiful fantasy season that we all love so, so much. And joining me to talk through all our triumphs for the week, we have the Statesman, Holmesy, Louie and Harmy, the full pod squad on deck. Let's not waste any time and let's talk about the week that was. I want to just go through our scores and ranks straight away because we've got so many of us on here. Holmesy. I know you're a Took owner, mate. Uh, beautiful times this weekend for you, no doubt. Yeah, mate, not ideal. Uh, still managed to get a 2013 this week, which still saw me uh, rise up about 2,000 spots in the rank. So I told myself I'd be positive as long as I was um, increasing my rank week on week. So I can't be too upset. But yeah, when you have a Took Miller and you have a captain on him for a 48, it, uh, it does leave a bit of a sour taste in your mouth knowing that moving weeks a uh, little bit wasted now. Yeah, that hurts, and we'll be talking about him as a hot topic coming up very shortly and what to do with him and maybe who uh, presents uh, potential opportunities in his stead. Harmy, though, welcome back to the pod, mate. It's been a couple of weeks since we've had you on, but um, you've been dropping some loose, dare I say, Dossie-esque options in the DMs lately. Uh, How's your squad going with all those moves? I think that's what's um, resulted in my poor scores, Dossie, listening to you a little bit too much. But anyway, look, my lowest score of the year um, and first time under 2000, actually, 1946. So it was a bit of a sad weekend for me. Uh, And so that puts my ranking at 7786. Still lingering around, mate. And uh, well, again. Dare I say roaching as well. The cockroach <laughs> will not die, uh, Harmy, as Dossie did last year. Uh, let's get on to our man, Louie, as well. And look, you, you didn't quite manage to make it on the pod last week. You did try your hardest to get back and get on the show. But we actually mentioned last week you acquired Harry Sheasel in your keeper league. Again, a guy we might be talking about on this pod, but... Could this be the Louis curse? Uh, first week is the owner. Yeah, <laughs> I did think that it was kind of funny that uh, uh, he drops that the week that I trade Josh Kelly, who did score pretty uh, pretty well as well uh, for Harry Sheasel. So yeah, maybe it is the Louis curse. That'll be something to monitor, and hopefully it doesn't infect uh, Tristan Cherry too, who I got on the other end of that. Uh, but my score for this week was twenty one thirty five. So it was nice to. Get one out the box, not used to scoring up in this upper echelon, so it's, it was good to feel a little bit like the statesman, um, and that brings me my rank up to uh, 8,545, and that's from 16K at the start of the round last week. Yeah, we love that. Moving in the right direction, mate. That's good to hear. And last but not least, uh, we have the Fossil adding another year on to the uh, to the birthdays there. Fossil, how was the birthday week for you, mate? Yeah, um, 38 was a, a good birthday, mate. He enjoyed it immensely. Um, I didn't enjoy fantasy footy this week. Uh, I, I knew I was in a bit of pain, um, obviously, um, by benching... Day in green, but that's the long-term play. It's the right move to make this time of year when you're going okay. Um, but uh, started seeing every player I didn't have uh, excelling, um, and then every well, basically every pot I had uh, really struggled. So, and 1957 was a bit hard to take. Uh, dropped the rank by 901 positions. So. Uh, 
1196 so a bit of pain there but at the end of the day um, um, I basically get three rookies off the field this week so uh, triple upgrade week now, just a quick roundtable, lads. Do we think Stato's number one on the Sook Power Rankings uh, on the chat this week with his woe is me attitude, Holmesy? Mate, just, just on this, Stato gets upset before his team's even gone bad. So, when players that he doesn't have go big, he's even upset. Far out, mate. The bullets that me and Louis have been copping all year and you're, you're depressed because Cornelio goes 135. Come on. I went to the footy on the weekend, uh, watched the Hawks and Adelaide game and I checked my messages at halftime and I said, oh, I've got one here from Statesman. I was sitting with Warney actually and I said, oh, I've got one here from Statesman. He's complaining about Peddler's time on ground being really low and Warney goes, oh, God, I hate that. When, <laughs> when people just shoot their mouth off early in the game without even letting them um, follow through to the end. I don't think Peddler was even on the ground when Stato was complaining. It was the start of the first and he started on the bench. (laughs) Unbelievable scenes. Well, I'll just wrap up my week, which was, as usual, uh, lately, unfortunately, a bit of a disaster as well. 1944, but I was actually somehow, compared to the other guys, I was kind of pleased with that one, which probably tells you where my season's at, Um, scrounging that out of nowhere. The ranks dropped again, down to 18-130. So, the road to the Lux getting a little harder from here, but uh, still in the mix. And with the amount of pods I've got, I'm sure I can make a big move in this coming week. But let's talk about who did the right things by us and who, you know, wasn't the greatest this week in Lux or Sucks. And we'll start with our Lux. You know the Lux is mine from the start. I'll start maybe with you, Holmesy, giving us your Lux of the week. Yeah, Dossie boy, and uh, I'm going to just update the listeners on the real leaderboard that they want to know about. So, my Lux for the week are Jaden Hunt with a 90 points and a 42-point last quarter. But if we go to the update here, so Jaden Hunt with a total of 468 points for the season so far and Tom Cole stranded on 234. So, putting a bit of a lead on there at the moment, Dossie boy. Yep. Nah, thanks for that, Holmesy. And, and I've just let the lads know pre-show as well. Um, had my had my debut in the, in the local footy on the weekend. May have copped a slight concussion and came home, sent some nasty, quite nasty messages to Holmesy following that. Had to apologise um, about some Hunt comments the following day when the head had cleared up. So, apologies. Uh, uh, oh, boys, you haven't, heard, you haven't heard this one. So, Dossie rips into me and I've just gone... Dossie, are you all right, mate? And he goes, oh, I've got a concussion, mate. I've got to go to bed. Good night. <laughs> I, I did. And uh, I have a good sleep. I did uh, feel feeling refreshed. Uh, still a bit foggy, though. So, we'll get through. Um, we forgive Hunt, though. And Harmy, <laughs> how about you, mate? Who was your Lux? Oh, as an Essendon fan, it was a little bit hard to watch, but um, Dacos is 140 that he put out. Man, that guy, he's just got the fantasy game, doesn't he? He's just unbelievable. It's its crazy what he's doing. It's, it's honestly, I don't know, it's like... It's not obviously the same sort of style of play, but it's just Gaz Jr. reminiscent, just being able to dominate a game like that and just having no answers to... He's just always in the right place. They're always going to use him and he's just going incredibly efficient. Then they move him into the midfield, kicks a couple of snags in the last quarter. He's just an unbelievable talent. 
um, and love having him in my fantasy team. Louis, Lux? Uh, yeah, I've got to give it to Marcus Bontempelli. So, popped out the 148 after... Uh, look, a pretty good start to the year, really, but um, wasn't sort of popping out the scores we come to expect. And, yeah, to finally get some ceiling there was really nice. Beautiful. Uh, I shall go my Lux of the week, and I'm going to go with my captain. You mentioned him before, uh, Holmesy, but Tommy Cole getting the loophole captaincy on the weekend. It felt great. Uh, putting the C on the on the big fella there. No, I'll go with Josh Kelly. You mentioned him before, Louis. Um, a one twenty five odd, I think, and it was a good bounce back. I was very upset with him last week. May have called him Josh Smelly last week, but he's bounced back and hopefully can continue that form going forward. Stato Lux of the week. Yeah, it's probably overdue to give this guy a pat on the back, but um, a, a really good pod for me has been Darcy McPherson. 109 this weekend, so did a magnificent effort and averaged 94 over the three weeks that I've owned him. So he's been a really good cash cow and a really good scorer for me. I do apologise, when you blokes were bagging me out, there was a lot of noise in the background, so I turned everything to, to silence, so I didn't record uh, over you guys whatsoever. Um, but I will say, Peddler's time on ground in the first quarter was 10 minutes <laughs> 33% time on ground, and he ended up with 64% time on ground, Lukey Peddler. Just just on that, status, so I was working all weekend and couldn't really watch any footy, and I've opened my phone up to the group chat message, and you've done nothing but bag Luke Peddler, and I was like, oh, far I'm out. here. I'm not bagging him. I just went on the nah, but ground. I- but but I've opened the I've opened the fantasy app and it's half time and he's on fifty nine. I was like, what's going on? He, he must have got that in the second quarter because he wasn't on the ground at the first. <laughs> oh my god, the force! He's just coming after. Oh, coming oh, it after was a stressful week because I knew I was under the pump. It was just about damage control. So manage how many positions you lose. So you you start in the week in the top three hundred. You've got two guns sitting on the bench and it's going, Christ, if these guys don't work for me, which they freaking didn't. I think I had three forties, two thirties um, on my field. It was just nightmarish. And these blokes that hadn't played a second half all year pump out a 148. Can you also confirm, Stato, that you've been knocked out of the Traders yes. uh, Eliminator game as well? Yes. That's how much of a bad week I had. But anyway, that's all right. It's uh, a lot of good coaches in, in that mix. But, yeah, had a, had a tough one. So, sorry, I'll, I'll just have a quick look, gentlemen. Let, let's, not, uh, let's not let the uh, facts get in the way of a good story. But uh, just having a look of a bit of Luke Peddler scoring. Um, oh, we don't need to analyse this. Louis has been on the tour since five am. Wants to he sleep. got some game Stato's time. going to give a peddler monologue. He, he got some. <laughs> he got some game time in the second quarter because he sat on the bench for most of the first quarter. He scored forty one. Forty one in one quarter. Right, if he could put a full game together, he could put up a 164. But if you give him more than 64% game time, he might get us an 80. All right, let's get on to our sucks. All right, Stato, so I'm guessing uh, Luke Peddler maybe for you, mate. <laughs> oh, no. It's, 
I was wrapped with Luke. He was playing magnificently well. I will say he's one of these players that hasn't got a good second half in his repertoire. But I was loving what he was doing. I was just annoyed he wasn't on the ground. But no, uh, Luke doesn't get it. There's uh, a premium that scored less than uh, Luke. Now, he was a great starter for us. Pumped out two tonnes week one, week two. Week three, three minutes before the game, he pulls out of the squad. He's been disgraceful ever since. I think he's averaging since then 78 in his last three. That's LDU. He's on notice. He's absolutely on notice. It's luxury trade season starts in Stato squad next week. And I'm looking right at you, LDU. Yeah, it's tough. A uh, bit of low time on ground, some talk of a bit of an ankle tweak there as well. I missed a little bit of this game, but uh, yeah, missed that bit that happened. But um, there is some talk about that. Hopefully, he's not out again this week. We hope that he's back and getting high time on ground. I mean, he's he's got the role. He should have everything going for him. But yeah, it's been unfortunate. Not run good. And he's got a LB tough Poo. run coming up pretty soon. Correct. Uh, Lou, what about you? Who's your sucks for the week? Uh, mine's got to go to Cozzy Pickett. So, I had him on the Monday night, uh, obviously pretty much coming home for me. Only had a couple of players left and was looking at a pretty good score. Uh, and I was hoping Pickett would contribute about 80 points to that, but um, falling flat with a 37 was pretty hard to stomach. And with the 90 break even now coming into this week, it's probably paper st- stamp type stuff, I reckon. Harmy. Bit of a tough decision for me on the sucks this week because I've had uh, <laughs> yeah. five players that had under 50 points uh, oh, on the field. Shit. So al- almost a quarter of my team. So, But anyway, I'll, I'll back in Louis' judgment there and go with Cozzy Pickett because it's basically a stay-at-home forward pocket, uh, no CBAs, and it was hard to watch. Uh, I will say Mind he you. dropped two marks in the first quarter that were just uncontested. Just straight to ground and actually didn't get a possession, so didn't have the chance to sort of clean up. And one of them was a shot at goal. There was more than that. Yeah, yeah. That, that actually happened a bit later as well. There's big concerns on the role there, though. Oh, absolutely. But thankfully, he's got a he's got a nice run for three weeks, so he can probably feast a little yeah, he bit. Does. But if he doesn't get back in that midfield mix, which now you're seeing Brayshaw back in there. Um, and probably the same for your boy too, uh, Dossie in, in Rivers. He didn't seem to get that opportunity anymore. It's uh, cut your losses with those guys once they finish the good run. Yep. I'll go to Holmesy in a second for your sucks, mate, but I'm actually, that's exactly where I'm going. I'm going Simon Goodwin for me. <laughs> um, said, said to you, lads, I was going to not come on the po- – I, I saw Trent Rivers – and um, he wasn't having a great game, but in that fourth quarter started to come to life as he likes to do in garbage time. He was up to uh, 25 points in the last quarter, still with about 10 minutes left. And then there was a turnover. There was that disgusting little turnover right in the pocket, laced out a uh, the Richmond forward. And I saw the camera went straight to the bench and it was on Simon Goodwin. He looked angrily towards the field. And I said to you, lads, I'm like, if, if he gets subbed out here, I'm off the pod this week. I can't handle this. 
And of course, Goodwin subs him off. But also, just what you mentioned before with the Cozzy Picket, no CBAs, um, just mixing things up a little bit too much for my liking. I thought we were going to see, you know, look at the success that the Crows are having running Rochelle and those small guys like your Rankins and Speedy, Speedy types through the midfield. I'm just surprised that they've gone completely away from that after the success that, you know, Cozzy had, especially in that opening round. 72% time on ground and, and no CBAs as well. So Simon Goodwin for my weekly sucks, Stato. I will say um, there's a bit of sucks in our uh, chat that we just got to cover, and that's the uh, that's the reverse rocket model. Um, so when someone's player goes well, now I, I had a chance to actually keep the lead in the Creators' Cup overall, and there was one player just about to get subbed out on nine, and someone says, oh, God, look at that shit score, only at nine at three-quarter time. Pumps out of 41 uh, last quarter, thanks, homie. So thanks very much for the, the the rocket on the opposition player. But I will say the funniest thing that happened all week is I'm watching the Melbourne game and the message comes through from Dossie and says they better not sub Rivers and then the camera pans and they say, Melbourne just about to do the sub. Laurie's getting ready to go. And it looks like Rivers. <laughs> yep. I mean, seconds oh, later. Dear. Are we, oh, we going to talk about the dementia setting in for Stato here? First, he thinks he's 38 years old, and then he just mentions that after Dossie spent five yeah. minutes talking about oh, no. it. No, no, no. It was it's just right. that the timing was perfect, just watching it come up, and it just like seconds later. Holmesy, have I told right. you about Peddler's low time on ground? <laughs> 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 All right, it Holmes, needs to be mentioned. We need to get through the Adelaide crew. Uh, I'll wrap mine up quick. Uh, had a pretty good round, all things considered, but Brad Crouch, 75 from my M1. Yeah. He's been fantastic since I picked him up, but it, it really hurts when you see someone like Clary Oliver put on 50 points in the last quarter of, of his games and, and Crouch when has an sick. eight point last quarter. So that, yeah. that hurts. Um, can can I ask? Is it anything to do with steel? Uh, I didn't watch the game status, so I don't really know. I can't really comment on that. But yeah, I just think it was one of those games where Carlton just absolutely possessed the hell out of the ball, and and St Kilda yeah. didn't need to do anything with it. They were winning, and yeah, it was. It kind of reminded me of that Port Adelaide Hawthorne game round two last year, where Port just possessed the ball, and and whenever Hawks got it, they just were that efficient, and that's all they needed to do. All right, uh, let's just get on to our hot topics. But before we do, uh, just a quick update of the, as we mentioned before, the Content Creator Cup run by Guesty. And of course, shout out to Infinite Wealth, who's going to be providing some lush charitable donations to uh, the winner and their choice of charity. But we'll just go through some of the winners in that. Dossie getting the big dubs over Calvinator. No surprises with Dossie getting another W. Stato, the birthday win over Jeppa from the Plus Six Pod, of course. Uh, stealing their segment last week, if you do remember. Holmesy and Louie, though, going down to Guesty himself and Sanch from Hatchat. And Harmy with the uh, the DNP. Not quite invited to the uh, content creators' cup, unfortunately, <laughs> was, was Harmy. So, Give me more um, time on green. the DNP. That. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of our Listener League results, we'll have to get them to you when Matty Sterling, our uh, loyal listener posting those results, will uh, retweet them on Twitter. Hopefully, he can get around to them, Matty. Come on, mate. And uh, the PodPod Challenge. Stato, do we have an update there? On yes, the I'll quickly challenge? hop on that. Uh, someone that was in seventh position last week ain't there. Um, but there were a few coaches that have... Uh, Joined us uh, in recent times, and no surprise, a few of them are high up in the rankings. God bless it. So they wanted to get on. So we're uh, we've got five players currently in the hat position, which is uh, absolutely fantastic. And one that's been performing um, pretty well is Boston Pelly, uh, and he's uh, currently still on top. Uh, that's Joshua's team, and he's sitting 29th. We have Craig with Wild Turkeys in 65th. The big Lipinski, uh, so a fan of your song, with a very nice ranking of 69. Uh, and Sharks Revenge, that's Lucas at 72. And uh, the Fitzroy shirt fronts uh, sitting in 100th position. So let's hope you stay in that top 100 for the remainder. Uh, I've unfortunately slipped to uh, to 40th, but hopefully I'll peg it back. Yep, and you can search for Pod Pod Challenge just in your uh, in your league. There, it's just an open league, so jump on in if you haven't already, and you listen to the show. Love you to join along there, join in the hat chase there. Hot topics, lads. And we mentioned it a few times, but Took Miller is out. He's owned by a reasonable amount of the competition. I think it was over 10%, close to 15%. few people brought him in last week, of course, unfortunately. But let's talk about a couple of things about it. So, first of all, some options to go from Took. And then, of course, um, maybe some beneficiaries uh, from his absence as well. First of all, Harmy, I might talk to you, mate. Where would you go if you're a Took owner here? Oh, geez, yeah, throw me off guard a bit there, Dossie. Like, I do feel a bit sorry for the people that brought him in because I was looking at him last week as well as an upgrade target. Um, yeah, I don't know. Look, if I didn't have Laird, I'd be tempted to go for Laird. Uh, I guess I say that because I feel like he's undervalued and he put up a decent score on the weekend, so I guess that's one. But it depends on what you can do with the money, whether you needed to um, chip off a bit of money from Took's um, price and fix up another issue that you may have in your team. So it probably d- depends on where your team's at at this point of the game. Now let's talk about the other side of the coin, Holmesy. There's a few guys there in the midfield that may benefit from the absence of Took Miller here because he is an incredibly high centre-bounce usage player. I see Noah Anderson there. I see Matty Rowell, a great unique pick, you might say, as well. And, of course, the man of the moment, Fiorini, sitting in that low 500K bracket. Do you like the looks of any of these guys? And can you see, you know, a benefit from any of the players here with with Tuke out? Yeah, Dossie, it's an interesting one. I think just the easy option that I think will happen is I don't think someone's going to come in and just get that 70 to 80% role that Tuke had. I think they probably spread it around like they normally do. So, I think maybe a Dave Swallow goes back in there a little bit more. Yeah, maybe Fiorini gets that bump up to 40 to 50%. I'm really not too sure. Are you a little bit worried about Rao, mate? I know Took was playing that pure inside role on LDU on the weekend. Does that mean Rao has to go back to that real inside and, and not be able to hunt the footy as much? I'm not too sure, but I think your mantra 
stays pretty strong here, Doss, is that I don't think you'd be jumping on a Sun just to try and uh, get that, you know, jump from Took Miller's role. I think Took Miller's a very good player and I'm not sure someone's going to be able to come in and score like he does. Yeah, not worried about uh, Matty Rao hunting the pill, mate, with 12, 17 and 18 touches in his last three. It's all, it's all about the tackling for for my man in there. But um, no, look, as you'd probably expect, I have some interest in uh, in Braden Fiorini. Uh, look, I was, I was talking to you guys pre-show and there seems to be some discrepancies. There's a bit of conspiracy going on that uh, the CBAs, the world of the champion data. Somebody at champion data is definitely bringing in Braden Fiorini this week because they do not want you to know the last quarter of the center bounce rotation. If you check out the app, hey, maybe they've fixed it by now because Sherlock Dossie called them out. But quarter four, there is no CBAs recorded for either squad. And... Look, being the detective that I am, I've gone back, I've looked at the numbers and I can tell you right here, right now that uh, the beneficiary here, Fiorini with four centre bounces in that last quarter brought him up to a glorious 10 for the game, uh, the moment that Miller went off. Of course, you did mention that Swallow Holmesy could be a, also one that benefits. He got five in the last quarter. So he did, he was the first rotation. Then Fiorini, as he does do, comes off the bench, got those four and scored pretty well in that in that role. Harmy, is there any interest from you, mate? Because I think here, I think this has to be, I know we've gone some loose options. Look, last week, JJ and, and, and Chase Jones probably didn't pan out the way we wanted, but could Fiorini be the actual one that does have that juicy inside role and can be an answer for us here? Oh, it's possible. Look, I, I do like him um, because he's very gettable from a rookie, which is at this point of time, what we're trying to do is get um, our rookies off the field. So, yeah, I'm, I am keen on him. Just going to throw it on one thing, though, that Holmesy said about David Swallow. Like, David Swallow, he already gets a third of their CBAs as it is. So, um, I mean, I can't see him having a significant bump, and I also can't see somebody like Bailey Humphrey being thrown to the wolves. I think it might be a bit too early in his career to get a decent CBA role. So, yeah, it makes sense to me, um, but it's whether it makes sense to your mate Stewie Jew. You got that Alex Davies in there too. Who's had a few years in the system? Yeah, is he, he's been injured though, hasn't he? Yeah, he yeah. hasn't been playing. I'm not sure if he's He's in the VFL, as is Constable, who always, obviously, is a player that actually played midfield before he was thrown back. Uh, They've also got Stato's man Flanders playing, um, well, obviously, a couple of weeks away, but... Look, he's an, he's also a guy that could replace that role in a couple of weeks' time when he's fit and firing, Holmes. Hollands, maybe? Dossie, if you've learned anything this week from Rivers and Chase Jones is that you'll wait a week on Fiorini and actually wait for the role to be... In front of you first, he's he's got a break even of 61. Even if he tons up, he's only going to go up 30 to 40K. We know you're not going to listen. We know you're going to do it, but I just <laughs> implore you, please, just have a look. Give it a week. Don't fall for a dossier. He's picking you. I've, I've listened. I've got the perfect The Suns have been pretty open about the fact that they know they've got a tight-knit midfield group and they do want to expand and run a few extra players through there. So whether they use this as an opportunity just to try a few different things, I'm not sure. But I probably agree with Holmesy there that maybe just wait a week, Dossie, with the uh, nine mid-prices in your your team. (laughs) (laughs) Going to blame the concussion regardless of which direction I go. But um, look, I just the one thing that I actually did notice when I was doing some research on this um, 
the big thing for me is is Fiorini's biggest, most recent big year when he averaged 105 points. Yes, it was only in nine games, but that was in 2021. He had 57% of center bounce attendances. So, not even, you know, not maximum volume. He was just in there enough. And his points per minute when he's in there, 1.17 points per minute. So, he's just a scoring machine when given the opportunity. Different Last game year, style, it was down yeah. to... No Last case. year, it was down to 22%, and it's down at that 20-odd percent this year. I just think, look, the opportunity, correct, yes, but they weren't pretty. They weren't fantasy-friendly back then either, mate, even a couple of years ago. So, I still think he's, you know, he's an option. Let's move on, though, to our next hot topic, and it's just a few players coming back. So, I feel like a lot of us are going to feel a lot stronger this team with Will Day back in the mix, Tom Green, and Zach Merritt coming back. But out of those three... Louis, I reckon the one that people are still eyeing off actually bringing in as an underpriced option is Will Day. And would you tick this off as something that you'd be keen to target this week, um, Will Day coming off his suspension? Yeah, I was was pretty flat about not starting him and not trading into him early. I wasn't sure it was sustainable. And look, perhaps it's not. But what I saw in the first four or five rounds um, when he was playing in that midfield is that he's a very good player and he's got a future in that Hawks team in the centre bounce. And I can just see Sam Mitchell chucking him straight back in there, further developing him in that role and uh, picking up where he left off. So to average 105 to begin the season is is quite impressive. And I think even if he can go at a 95, then it's still a good pick at the price point, 727K. And that's got a low break even attached to it as well. So uh, each week you wait, you're going to be paying up more. Holmesy, I saw you itching to speak there, mate. Uh, Will Day on your radar? Oh, yeah, absolutely, Doss. Um, I'm actually looking to get a little bit aggressive with Took Miller this week and, and still get a rookie off field. Um, to try and stay up with the the good teams in the comp. So something like a Took Miller down to Will Day makes me a fair bit of cash on top of some cash I've had left over, which might actually help me fix a McKenzie. So that's what I'm going to look to do as well. Okay, another hot topic that a lot of our listeners have been questioning, and and I guess it's a a worthy question to ask based on the fact that he is a rookie just going – bonkers we forget that sometimes he is but Harry Sheasel having his first blemish on his career record with a tough game copped some attention um, in that forward line from Holman they tried to move him around a little bit to get him involved I think I saw him in the midfield in that in that uh, that champion data hidden last quarter there Stato but is Sheasel a guy now that listeners are talking about maybe trading out is he up there on your radar for a trade out no, he's not high on priority, but um, there's always a tipping point for first-year players when they get a bit tired. But, look, we could have said that about Dacos quite a few times last year, but he kept on being strong and probably someone you could almost keep all year. So uh, I'm sticking with him, but if this becomes a trend, obviously once he starts losing cash um, in, a, in a major way, it might be time to move. <clears throat> These are the points where you can create seeing everyone owns him. If you want to take it on, um, you might be able to separate yourself from the competition. But it depends, of course, who you go to. But, look, he's just nowhere near the, the biggest priority for me. So I won't be going there yet. But if uh, if we're just going to get 60s from him for the next um, two or three weeks then I think that's a trick enough point to take the cash and run. Mm, 
interesting. There were two interesting things is that North were pretty open during the week that Sheezel was under that injury cloud and throw him in a few different different roles to uh, try and accommodate that. But also we had Aaron Hall come into the side and whether or not that's the stronger correlation, I'm not sure, but it's something we're going to have to keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks. Just, I was just going to say there's – it depends on what you're doing with your trades. It depends on, you know, what, what else you have to do this week. Um, the safe play is just to keep rolling with him because he's got such high ownership. It's not going to hurt you if he pops a low score because everybody else will be in the same boat. Um, but it's a risky play to trade off him with the hope that he's going to drop um, some low scores. But one thing I was going to say was, let's say you had a spare trade, right? Um, you had nothing else to do with it this week and you have the choice of Will Day or Sheasel in your team going forward, who would you rather have? It's probably Will Day, right? This is, the, Day, this is yeah. where I have got to with it. If I can't do anything with my second trade this week, because I've got some cash in the bank from last week to fix up a rookie, so if I um, don't have anything else to do, I'm tempted to trade off Sheasel, but I'm not a, I'm not a high-ranking coach at the moment, so... Yeah, the risk is doesn't really matter so much for me. Mm, it's an interesting one going forward. Uh, we'll have to monitor. I think with Melbourne and St Kilda in his next two as well, it's pretty worthy to at least maybe hold for those two defender-friendly matchups in the hope that he does stay in that role as well. Uh, okay, this is the last hot topic that I kind of had for this week, and I just wanted to ask just that roundtable discussion because we're always looking for the next rookie option and the next really obvious one with high job security. And I'm just wondering, is Chinkotta that clear rookie option? To me, he does look like that. But with Saad, a test for this week, potentially coming into the side, and Doc just listed it as two to four weeks away. We had a few questions about this as well. Like, is he that obvious enough rookie to just jump on straight away and enjoy? I mean, I feel like the, the options for us are pretty thin regardless. So, is it time to jump on a Chincotta Holmesy and do we have to straight away just jump on this week and just enjoy? Well, I am really torn for this one, Dossie, because you're right. Saad and Doc are two instant best 22s coming into that back line, um, which, you know, on that, you would assume that it's probably Cowan and Chincotta that are the ones that come out. And, yeah, if, if you only get one more week or two more weeks out of Chincotta, the, the coaches that traded him in last week are the ones that are really benefiting. And if we trade into him now, you might get anywhere from, you know, 70 to 100K, which would be a good result. But if he's another red dot adding up coming into buy times, he's not going to have made enough cash to get up to anyone really of note. So it is a, it is a risky one. We have to really see who comes in at selection this week. Um, well done to everyone. Um, that got on him last week. It was a, a high risk, high reward um, type of pick. We always knew he was going to score against St Kilda, but the job security issues are, are still there. And, mate, Carlton did lose. Like, yeah, he had, I think, 20-odd possessions and he, he went at a pretty high disposal efficiency rate, but who didn't have high possessions in that game against St Kilda? They all did and they still lost. So um, the job security issues are still there. Yeah, it's a really tough one. And, and maybe we can look to... Um Maybe a son, a random son out of nowhere gets a game based on this this latest injury or something and we can see a Connor Blakely back in our team or something like that as, as the next rookie coming through. But um, yeah, Seamus Mitchell though at 280k, I'll just throw that around now. Harmy, um, 
is he too expensive for us at 280k? You know, if you if you don't want to go to a Chincotta, are you willing to pay up that extra 50k? Does he have any more job security than than someone like a Chincotta? I would be willing to pay 280,000 for a rookie this time of year if I was dead certain on their job security um, and their scoring ability. Now, scoring, he seems to have okay scoring, um, but it's his and job And you were there, security. weren't you, to watch yeah. this one? Oh, mate, you, yeah. I hardly noticed him. You think he got a few touches in the last mm. quarter, but very, like... <laughs> um, and Scrimshaw came on and looked good. So there's a fair bit of risk, and um, yeah, that's the why I didn't pick him up last week. And I just, I just don't feel like he's going to last very long. Like he's been on the list for a few years now. It's his debut. He's got a couple of games. Well, that's nice, but I feel like there's better players than him having the wings. So in the clutch in that last quarter when they desperately needed the win, Seamus Mitchell with nine disposals, five marks. Harmy, a few too many beers uh, on the weekend, mate. Didn't quite notice him. <laughs> it was pretty scrappy, though. Like, but <laughs> I remember he was complaining about got... peddlers' uh, time on ground. <laughs> one of them was though. Just uh, anyway, yeah. Nah, he wasn't noticeable, mate. To be honest, and fair enough. I, I think that that Ryan Anglin guy might actually have the best job security of the lot. And he was the like the late late inclusion, wasn't he? Too. <laughs> so that's funny. Mm. But yeah. And then yeah, half GWS fell over during that game and. Suddenly, it looks like he might have a spot. Yeah, 20 disposals for him. So, he's he's the guy you'd be potentially targeting this week then, Louis. Oh, I think he should be on more lists, yep. Same with Sam Sturt. Uh, he's not going to be a big scorer, but he's probably got that job security. Uh, and that Arthur Jones, he's got a good run coming up. It's about to open up. He hasn't been a good scorer so far, but he might be one of those slow burn rookies that has the job security that we can offload during the buys. Just another name to keep on the radar as well. Uh, reported on Twitter today that Draper from Freo. It sounded like the, there was a bit of applause and, and getting around him on the ground um, at training today. So maybe there's a debut on the cards there. So just someone to watch as well. And what do you think yeah, about him? Oh, it's definitely a wait and see. Uh, but, you know, with the way Freo are playing at the moment, um, you know, the debuts might start coming because they're in an absolute hole. Is anything like his namesake? I'd avoid. <laughs> one, one, I'll just also um, flag that that uh, Tommy's been flagging. Uh, he flagged for us last week on the podcast. Twenty nine disposals again uh, on the weekend, as well as Jackson Bins from Carlton. So he's been just racking it up in the VFL. So another potential guy to look at, and you know, um, doesn't play the backline role. I don't think he's more of that forward, but. Bins one that's a mid forward at 238k, so another potential one with a nice little juicy matchup if he does get a game this week. Just All right, let's move on, on to our on Anglin. Sorry, I mean, at least with Anglin, he's been on the list for a few years. He had some injury interruptions early on, but he was a fairly high draft pick and stuff as well. You got to think about these guys that are coming in who were some of the last players put on the list. <laughs> yeah, I just I think Louis probably made a good point. He's got he got opportunity last year too. I think he broke his leg really early on, and and that was it that we saw for him. But yeah, to see him come back, mature age, uh, yeah, there might be something to it. It's our observations roundtable now. I think we've got a couple to go through. Not everyone this show, but who wants to start us off? Maybe Stato, you can start us off with your little observation, which we've been enjoying these every week, uh, getting our roundtable discussion going. Yeah, it was just one of. I'm sure you're all aware of this, but some teams, obviously with the different game styles, um, 
give us really good matchups or poor matchups. We, we know sort of the defensive power. There's a really interesting one at the moment that seems to be growing week on week and it seems to be getting bigger and bigger is St Kilda um, are playing remarkable footy with um, a lot of injuries right now, but it's all based on system. Now, unlike Ross the Boss's previous models where he's been a, a bit bit harsh on individual um, defensive strategies. He's working purely on a team defence. So what they're doing is actually building really good structure forward of the ball, which is creating clubs to actually um, try and find ways to pinpoint or swap side to side, so doing the, the switches of play, which means what actually is happening is the opposition playing St Kilda are getting a tonne of the footy. We saw it round one with Frio defence. We're starting to see it all around the ground with this model right now. So have a look at the data of Carlton on the weekend. Um, close to 1,900 fantasy points and St Kilda had 1,490. So they are losing poorly on AFL fantasy but winning really well on the field. Um, so the, the matchups coming up for St Kilda is Port. Um, so we've got an underpriced premium in Port at the moment that I think is a great target. North Melbourne, which is interesting, is probably why I want to look at LDU to see if we can get him back up and running. Uh, Dossie Boy, then Adelaide. So by the time Adelaide comes, I want to have it either Dawson or Laird. Uh, GWS and then Hawks pre-buy. So that's the matchups coming. Does that mean you're going to hold Chase Jones for another couple of weeks then, Stato? Uh, no. Um, failed experiment. Um, and, and look, I actually just really thought, and you were there at the ground, but what it seemed to me is he was stationed on one wing that was effectively the attacking wing, but they kept on... Um, they kept on using the defensive side. Now, weirdly, both teams did, so it always seemed to be on the other side of the ground from him. So it's probably a little bit unlucky that way, but he's got Collingwood, one of the toughest matchups, and then he's got Geelong at, um, down at Cadinia Park. So two really tough matchups. Uh, I'm thinking, yeah, failed, get off it, let's not drag this any longer. Yeah, so in that first quarter, he was definitely on that dead wing. But what happened was it was such a congested game and it was just all about, like, taking it through the centre of the ground and punching a stoppage. So any of those outside players weren't really getting amongst it. Do, do you feel that we should be giving him, despite a bit of a tough run, uh, another look? I'm going to. I'm going to give another look. I will. You're, Holmes is given the cross, though. You're out. So He's chasing it all day. Um, I'm a, a Jinby or a Jones out. Uh, what I will say on the Jason Johannesson front, seeing as we went there oh, last week as well, is Louie and I pick. both looked at that thinking he actually played a pretty good game despite his 67. Like, he was the better he, had, he, he was good. He had 22 yeah. touches. The, all the defenders struggled in that game. I feel like he is still going to be a strong pick. So don't jump Did, off him. I reckon he'll be bouncing back this week. Yeah, he was the better pick. Uh, I think he was the highest scoring defender for them. My he fear was, yeah. is if Crozier, who actually started the year and scored really well, 
if he comes back and then JJ gets moved forward, let's hope mm-hmm. for those people that brought him in, it's not the case. Yeah, in a game where they won by 10 goals in Perth against Freo, I don't think they're changing up that team unless there's forced injuries, just for the, cool. this week at least anyway. Yeah, fair call. As the last bit of this roundtable discussion, we're going bargain hunting. All right, let's go bargain hunting with Harmy. You want to talk about some uh, fallen premiums here and when potentially we jump on them. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Dospy, look, there's, I guess we're struggling a little bit with the rookies um, and that's limiting our ability to get onto the upgrade season. So I don't know if it truly is upgrade season at the moment if we're still looking at JJ and Chase Jones. But anyway, I guess what I'm saying Fair is that there, there are players that are have dropped in value and are dropping in value. Now, some of them are premiums, but some of them are just people that I've made a quick note about because I think they're interesting, like they historically have been um, good scorers. So I'll just whip through a few and you guys can tell me whether you think it's uh, that they're worth a shot now. Um, but then there's some others. I'll just flag a couple of others that I think could be in your pocket for the future. Gus Brayshaw, if he ever bounces back. Will Brody, he's had been the sub and low time on ground. So um, Perryman, um, these guys, and Simpkin, I suppose, with that hand injury. So there's a few that are going to drop in price over the next few weeks, but you wouldn't necessarily call them gun premium players. However... I'll throw a few that I have looked at that I think are uh, sort of about the right price. Rory Laird, he's dropped 148,000. He's now priced at 106, which I think is more realistic and potentially a few points upside there. Callum Mills, I am pretty keen on. So he's got a break even of 118. So you could probably still wait a little bit, but I feel like he did this last year. His role's been thrown around quite a bit. And I think there's a point in time that's going to come when we're going to look at him as, as being a good trading option. He's priced he's- at 97 at the moment. Is that just going to be the moment they get their key defenders back in the could side and you week. see them named? Mate, it could mm. be this week. Like, yeah, Ramp- Rampy and McCartan, Exactly. Isn't it? So, yeah. It's almost a straight swap from LDU to Mills at the moment. <laughs> anyway, so he's dropped 148000 for the year. Hugh McCluggage, I think you might have mentioned him earlier there, Dosby, but he has... Dropped two hundred and five thousand k for the year. He's priced at eighty two. He got that ninety four on the weekend, but geez, I was surprised that he didn't score higher. He he had a really good game actually. Um, Zachy Butters, I was keen to get in last week, couldn't couldn't get there in the end, but he's dropped fifty thousand for the year. Priced at eighty two. He's probably got a little bit of upside, I'd say, particularly with the nice run for Port Adelaide um, over the next few weeks. This one here, Daniel Rich. Had a couple. Of, he had an injured score and then another low score. So he's currently priced at seventy-seven, down on um, eighty-six thousand for the year. Break-even of eighty-eight. So he's getting about right. Isaac Heaney. I liked this one. I should have really jumped at this last week. Priced at seventy-eight. He's had a few good scores on uh, in a row, and he's down one hundred and ten thousand for the year. So break-even of fifty-eight. I'd say he's probably on the up now. So yeah, I mean that's there's a few. Um, that I sort of made a note about, and I'm just saying I think that there's a bit of value around um, that we should be kind of searching for as well rather than chasing Clary Oliver at top price. 
Yeah, and maybe there's some um, potential options if you do want to go a more risky path or, or jump ahead of the curve if you've got a um, a miller in your side and you, you do have to jump off as well. Um, maybe not those more riskier ones, but guys like, you know, you mentioned, I think, Laird and even maybe Emils if you do see the, the uh, key defenders back in the squad. Okay, let's move on now. And we're going to be just talking very quickly on our centre bounce attendance section here called I Diddle Diddle. Straight through the I Diddle Diddle. I Diddle Diddle. We're just going to go through a notable player this week that spent a little bit more time in the middle. This one's brought to you by the Keeper League Pod. Remember to use the code PODPOD at sign up for 20% off. Go support our sponsors to support us. Remember, it's not just for Keeper Leagues. It's for Fantasy Classic as well. Tons of CBA and kick-in trends, drafty fantasy analysis. Check out those state league scores as well to see who's doing well in the twos. But I diddle diddle and I've noticed... Toby effing Green Stato spent a little bit of time in the guts this week, going up 20% on his season average, 33% time in the guts. He had centre bounce attendances in every single quarter on the weekend, including plenty late in the game. I've just got to play some audio now from the classic Draft Doctors days from you, Stato. Mate, Toby Green is a gun! You're a big fan of Toby Green. Could you go there in uh, Classic knowing that he's getting a little bit of a dabble of centre bounce attendances? The man's a gun. Um, there's no doubts about it. Uh, it's just a pity another T Green's coming back in the squad, which which I think will reduce his chances for CBAs. But, but honestly, if we ever see him appearing on a regular basis, he's a jump on quick because the, the man's... An absolute star. He's a magnet. He's fantastic to watch. He's one of those players where when GWS playing, even when they're playing crap, it's worthwhile watching TFG. Love it. We're going to go through some questions now, but we're going to say farewell to Lou, who's, as we said, been on the tool since 5am. So, mate, thanks for your hard work. Well done on the weekend, Lou. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you later, Lou. All right, we're going to get through some questions that have come through from Twitter now, and I'm going to go through. This is from PodPod, at PodPodAFL on there. Don't have the blue tick. Musk has taken those away from everyone, but don't worry. We're still on there, and we will go through some of the questions. You can hit us up during the week. We usually put out a tweet, and you can get your questions in. Usually, we just ask for player requests these days. We did a question one this week, so bit of a vintage style. This one's from Remy. Oh, yeah, we're not stealing segments this week. Maybe next week, though. Got something up our sleeve. This one from Remy. Can I miss day this week if it means getting a rookie off-field for a Fiorini type? Honesy. No, you can absolutely not miss day this week to go Fiorini. That's just not an option. Doss, thank you for ruining this coach's season. (laughs) I don't know about that, Remy. Uh, maybe back yourself in there, son. Uh, Lockie, this one from Lockie. Ranked 129 overall, but brought in Took this week. Uh, does he play the straight bat, Harmy, and trade Took uh, plus a, ro- a rookie to Walsh and Chincotta um, to try and keep upgrading with value? Or just does he try and keep upgrading with values like Day and Fiorini? I think Day's not a bad um, trading option there, but I quite like Walsh just because of how scarcely owned he will be for those coaches high up. Um, so I think there's merit in, in looking at that. 
John asks, who's the best underpriced point of difference? Stato, would you agree? I mean, all jokes aside, though, at this point, it probably has to be Fiorini being underpriced and a point of difference. Earth to Stato. You didn't really ask me that question, did you? Come on. Stato. We can't recommend Fiorini. Now, in a draft... If he's on the waiver wire, pick him up and go for the punt. It's like Himmelberg. There is this slight chance with Taylor out that Himmelberg will be there, but you need to bloody well see it, Doss. You need to see it first. Now, he is 530-odd. Um, if he ends up being their number one CBA guy and pumps out 120, jump on, buddy. Jump on. He's only going to be 550. Get on it. But don't ruin your season on the hope that someone is going to get a bump out of this. Mm, it's tough when it's underpriced as well as point of difference. I think some of those points that are some of those players that Harmy mentioned before, maybe it is a Mills that's uh, potentially underpriced. What do you reckon? So, so sorry, just just pose this question, mate. Why is he underpriced? What fair, Ernie? Yeah. Because he has not been playing the role under low time on ground and no midfield time. Yeah, so 71% uh, last weekend for a 60, 74% this week with two out for half a game, 78. Dossie, I, there was on my list, I, there was actually others I didn't mention on my um, discounted premium section, and I did notice that Braden Fiorini is down 106000 for the year. So that's going to give you Thanks, some mate. confidence in your trades. Thanks, Harmy. Appreciate it, mate. You're always here to have my back. We should get you on more often. Uh, Trisso. Currently have five rookies on field, being Shees, Jinby, Ashcroft and Green. But would you offload a rookie, Harmy? Or trade a Stocker McGrath type first? Oh, I'd be inclined to trade a rookie, but depends if you can loop. Like You might be able to loop a good score um, if you've got like a Matty Roberts type. Um, yeah, but look, it depends on who, who they all are, I suppose. You like you reeled off a few um, rookies there that everybody's good anyway. So, I mean, Ashcroft, Sheasel, Jinby, like, I wouldn't really stress too much about them, but it depends who the others are. Holmesy stock is just about done, I'd say. Depends mm. how you compare trading stocker with trading Fergus Green. I think I think that was the other one there. So yeah, probably Green off first. Couple. You wouldn't trade. Holmes. Hang on. You wouldn't trade Fergus Green after back to back seventies though. Like mm, he's going to make true. another. He's still going Forty up. to fifty k, hopefully. So yeah, yeah. In a year where cash gen is tight, I wouldn't be getting off Green just yet. Yeah, good point. Bailey Humphrey with the Took injury, Holmesy. He's too expensive now to be jumping on, surely. Yeah, nah, Doss, I'd, nah, I'd, it's not for not for us at the moment. He's too expensive, and even when he did come in, he wasn't a scorer. He's got that impact vibe about him. So, nah, not at the moment. Uh, in the future, perhaps, but not now. But correct, he could see some increased numbers, uh, increased centre bounce usage as well. Um, Tay, Bont, Laird or Walsh. I'll go back to you, Holmesy, as well. Bont, Laird or Walsh. Who would you go out of those three options? Oh, that's a tough one. I think I would go Bont on price. I think he's 30 to 40K less expensive than Walsh and, and about the a bit less than Laird. So, Bont for price, but I think probably Laird's going to be the highest scorer out of the three of them for the rest of the year. So I suppose it's it's where your squad's at, but 
Bont is right for the picking this week, knowing that you aren't going to get his 148, though, and he no. has been putting up a bit of a flat average before that. Not much between them now, between Bont and Lead. He's only like 20 grand, not even at it, I think. Yeah, would it worry you jumping at Laird this week, knowing that they've got Collingwood and Geelong, two of the tougher matchups for inside mids? You could probably get him for the same price or slightly less in a, in a couple of weeks. Stato? Yeah, I, I'm straight after the Collingwood matchup. Let him go through the tough one, see what happens. It's His scoring's been a little bit up and down, but we are starting, starting to get to the time of season where it suits his game style as it gets colder and wetter. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to let him go through the tough match up um, but I'm probably at that point where I'm only just starting to look at I'm reacting to luxury trades next week so LDU highly likely if we get another performance like that we'll be going to lead Stato you're on a roll mate and uh, Robert here wants your opinion can we get the rookies ranked as to who goes out first out of Mackenzie, Jinby, Wilmot, Cowan, and Van Royen. So this is the tough piece. So um, I'll give the example um, that I had to make a decision this week, Hollands or Mackenzie out. I decided to go Hollands out um, because uh, I thought, Mackenzie will get inside time with Day Out and Ward um, also being rested. He'd had a higher ceiling. He'd pumped out a 95 previously. I think um, Holland's best was 77. Um, so that was wrong by 30 points. So that, that hurts you on the scoreboard. The problem and issue we have is... It is called Rookie Roulette for a reason. You just don't know exactly what's going to happen. They're not as consistent as our premiums. So the reality is you actually force your hand by who you can uh, take them to. So who's the right sell at the right time, which can be based on their break even. Uh, McKenzie should be a priority now. He's given us effectively two scores and he's starting to lose cash um, and he's got a high break even. Um, uh, Jinbi is getting very close. Uh, I think um, let's take the 22 from Wilmot as a bit of a one-off. I think he can generate a bit more cash. Green's got a bit more cash in him. Uh, I think Pedler, if he gets any time on ground, has got more cash in him. Um, so that's the way you should actually probably line them up. What I will say, Dossie, is it it might actually be dictated by selection this week. So if you've got Fair a couple cool. of rookies that are they're out there, they're pretty much maxed out in price and they're looking to go backwards, say McKenzie, if McKenzie ends up getting dropped, for example, then you might actually just hold off a week and, and maybe go one of those other players where their break even is a less like not as achievable, if that makes sense. And I think that's where I'd probably look to go, but at the same time, it's a it's a risky game with the rolling lockout, and if they are dropped, but they're in the the extended squad and they en end up coming up as a sub, then that's when you have to jump. If McKenzie sub again, and he can put up another sub twenty score, then he's going to be below four hundred k, and we've we've lost all that cash gen. So I'd really be looking for selection um, and and making the the call there. But yeah, 
I'd be, I'd be looking to get off McKenzie personally. I think if he's not getting inside time um, this week or last week with no Will Day, Will Day comes back in, it's going to be even tougher and they are playing the Bulldogs. So if there's another sub-pass score, you're in trouble, Harmy. I was just going to say it probably depends also on who's on field for this guy yes. because, because um, McKenzie went down in value this year, all right, should be traded out. Wilmot just got a 22. Uh, he's going to go down in price, got to go out. But if one of those two are on field for him, that's who he should be trading out because he's got to go up. Good call. Can I just, just preface it by saying one more thing, Stato, and I know you're big on this, is that we can't lose sight of having to have players play for us in the buys as well. So that's why I'm, a, I'm actually a big no on trading Ruben Jinbi. Yes, his uh, break-even is up there now, and maybe he might start to lose a little bit of cash. But he is so far entrenched in that Eagles best 22 with the way he's been playing in their injury list that we are going to need bodies around the buy. And if you're trading a Jinbi down to someone who's out in two weeks and you've Seamus lost that Mitchell. body at the buy, yeah, a Seamus Mitchell, for example, then your buy structure and your, your squad around the buys can be pretty thin. And that's something I kind of fell into a bit of a trap next uh, last year, considering we've already lost a Chesser, Long started to get injured. Who knows how long Davey's going to stay around for, Cowan. If we lose all these guys around the buy, then yeah, we're in we're in serious trouble. So that's why I'm not looking to trade a Jinbi or a, or maybe even a Fergus Green because Green is in that best twenty two as well. Yeah, great point. Uh, he also wanted to know Stato's opinion on the hold or fold on Chase Jones. He answered that before. You're a fold, aren't you, Stato, for that one? Yeah, um, I will say selection will determine that because my first reaction is no, I'm going to play this out for three or four weeks and see what happens. Um, but that Hollywood then Geelong matchup, and it's more reflective after the 37, just looks really tough. Um, and maybe I need to rethink that again. But at the moment, I'm a fold. But if I end up with a heap of rookies out, um, potentially LDU being out, you know, three minutes before the buddy game, no doubt will be his call, not on the Thursday night. Um, I think Louis just sent through. There's a bit of talk that uh, Brayshaw uh, might not be um, uh, available this week, so in doubt. So if you've got Andy Brayshaw, and I'm sure plenty of coaches have, all of a sudden you might have other issues. And that's when you do make a mistake. Sometimes you get caught, and that's why, Dos, um, you should try and limit the risky picks you have because the more risky picks you have and the less that succeed, the less you're just constantly trying to fix up errors rather than take it to the next step. So, look, there's a bit of a risk in the guy I'm bringing in this week, but it's Zach Butters. So we're talking someone that we know that can score, someone that's got a good role and someone that's got a great run. You might say he plays the style where he's at risk of getting injury. Absolutely. But I think he's, he's got as much scoring power as, as Connor um, and the potential that he's a great pickup. But I'm comfortable that I'm picking up Butters and I might be keeping him for the rest of the year. We should probably say that you already have Will Day in that uh, as in for the same price. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm. Cat wants to know, Harmy, Sicily or Anderson? So a guy that we probably haven't spoken about much to do with on the Suns side, but in all honesty, probably one that I'm 
even maybe higher on in terms of those ceiling scores is Noah Anderson just getting a heap of footy in the midfield. But Cat, uh, when it comes down to Sicily versus Anderson, Sicily coming up against the Dogs this week as well, which he had, I think, a 150 on in, in round 23 last year, Harmy. So which way would you go in that scenario? It's a bit hard to tell because we don't know who he's trading out to get there because one's a back and one's a mid. But, yeah, the Sicily against the Bulldogs is a not a bad play. But, I mean, there's a risk with his role that he plays key um, back like a lockdown back and that hasn't changed mm. so but he looked good last week he, he'll probably put up some ripping scores throughout the course of the year but um, I'll, I'll, I'll probably just say neither actually Dossie Fair enough One thing Dossie I just will mention about Noel Anderson because he is a bit of a um, a name on people's radars this year and he actually if you take out that 159 that he had against St Kilda which Stato touched on earlier he's only got a high score of 107 for the year so he isn't really putting up the scores and with that score and his price, he's, he's priced around that sort of 102-ish range as it is. So, you might just be getting what you pay for there. And he's also averaging 73 CBAs for the year. So, it's not as if he's going to jump to 95 and, and get a heap mm. big bump, you know. Good call. Yeah, I saw him on the wing a couple of times in that last quarter. The the mysterious, the mysterious last quarter, um, where yeah, Swallow, Fiorini were in there. Anderson was on the wing a couple of times to let those guys on the inside. Um, What's the price of, of Swallow? Names. Can I can I just ask? No, Stato. Seven hundred thousand. I looked at it earlier today. Pure <laughs> mid too. Pure mid. Stato loves some mid-only. David Swallow. Oh, oh you got to get yourself. Got to get yourself some Swallow. <laughs> uh, just a couple of other names that Fabio wants to talk about, along with Noah Anderson, who I think we just talked about. Uh, Lockie Neal and Chad Warner, um, throw them in the mix as the underpriced guys. Holmesy, would you throw them in the mix as guys potential to target? Uh, to be honest, Doss, Lockie Neal was someone that was on my radar, but the more the season continues on and the more that you know the data trends are now you know, pretty much set. Brisbane just aren't playing fantasy-friendly football. You've had Dunkley drop off a cliff. You've had Neil drop off a cliff. You've had McCluggage drop off a cliff. It's really tough to go there. I'm not sure they're playing a brand that's going to allow any of those players to be top eight mids, which we need them to be as trade-in targets. So I wouldn't be touching a Lockie Neal. And I think it's just the same for Chad Warner. Um, He's just been so up and down. He puts on a run of tons and then he has a floor of 50. So... Yeah, whether he gets that attention or whether he just goes quiet in games, I just think he's just someone you're not going to touch because the scores are going to be up and down. Yeah, and just to, just to touch on that, uh, the Lions this year, I remember, you know, I was having a, I'd have a go at the Suns regularly last year being the worst fantasy scoring team outside of North Melbourne essentially last year. I think they were 17th or, or 16th, maybe West Coast. I think West Coast were ahead of them. This year, the Lions, 16th overall for um, fantasy scoring averages so far. So, they're only ahead of the Kangaroos and actually the Power, who are dead last um, this year, 18th in team fantasy points. So, obviously, some is uh, schedule dependent. As Stato has said, he, he reckons Port are coming into a good run. They're probably going to up their fantasy output potentially. Um, but, yeah, Lions, just not a fantasy-friendly game this year at all. It's, it seems like they've turned into that Gold Coast Sun, Sun system of just get the ball forward as quick as possible, that old sort of Tigers model, I guess, if you will, Stato. Yeah, it's just an interesting you say that and we're you know, obviously just a quarter of the way through. Port have had uh, Brisbane, Collingwood, 
uh, Adelaide, Sydney, Bulldogs and then Eagles. So they went ham against Eagles and pretty good against the Bulldogs. But the first four were really tough matchups. Just, mm. just on Port, look, I, I quite like the Butters pick, Stato, uh, that you flagged, but they, they are a five-way rotation in their midfield. Yep. So with those CBAs, there's, there's always five of them, um, and that's without Travis Boke even getting any. So uh, if you compare that against some of the other teams that are running a hard three or most of them run four, it's sort of it's just a bit of an extra you know, spread uh, in the CBAs. Never mind the hard okay. three. We'll just get through just a couple more questions here, guys. We've already gone past now. So, Russ, a double downgrade, a double rookie downgrade looks like the right play for him. So, Mackenzie and Wilmot. I'll tell you what, last week it bloody was. Yeah, well, um, so he's talking about it doing it this week with Chincotta and Mitchell in for Mackenzie and Wilmot. No, we talked about how risky they are. Okay, well, in that case, with LDU stinking it back up, uh, stinking it up, would you get Day back in your side for LDU. Gets him 97K. Day's got the low break even, but is it too early for a play like this? Who who wants to take that one? Well, I'm I can quite- do that. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm just leaving it um, for a couple more weeks. I mean, I know, it seems like every week there's something with him, but he did get a knock on the knee during the game that as well. So, look, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah you could. All right, two more guys. Trelora, genuine option, Holmesy. Oh, far out. He's been good, hasn't he? Um, mm. He's no liber this week. You'd think he's just going to score well against the Hawks. Um, he's the one that's had that real midfield bump with Dunkley going out. I think we've kind of missed the boat on him. And if he is, just keep keeps putting up these numbers when it does get to true luxury upgrade towards after the buys, then, yeah, maybe you look at him, but he's just always an injury risk and um, he's not someone I'd look to touch at this time of the year because if he goes out, you're in trouble. Maybe Baz Smith coming back in as well. WTF is... Hopefully we get vintage McRae this week, Dossie, with no liver. Maybe we can get more than 50% CBAs far out. Oh, he he will kill it. I watched that game. I watched that game. That's the best game I've seen someone play from a half-forward flank. He was incredible for a 99. You couldn't have asked for much more. I know. WTF is Duncan's role. Sorry? What's Duncan's role? Yeah, what's Duncan's role from Not good enough to be in your fantasy team. <clears throat> <laughs> mm. oh, he's such well, a high risk anyway. So um, high risk and not performing on the, the scoreboard and dropping cash. You wouldn't go near him. Well, on that note, let's get to Stato's Fossils 5. Yeah, it's pretty simple this week. Number one, after. Number two, last. Number three, weak. Number four, avoid. Number five, FOS5. My two um, players that I brought in last week, combined score didn't match up one of my outs, which was Hollands. So we'll avoid my suggestion, and I'll just say for the week... um, the underpriced premiums are your target. There's a little bit of cash, not a lot of cash, a little bit of cash in our rookies, which is allows us to get the low 700 figures coming in. So you're talking your butters mentioned 
the day before, uh, probably mentioned McCluggage, but I, I just wouldn't go with McCluggage yet. But um, and it's because of Brisbane's game style and, and their scoring. So I think the the two priorities are those two. Um, the only thing I'd say is they're both they're a forward and defender, and I reckon we've been bringing in. Um, uh, a lot of these players and not many midfielders. So does anyone know a midfielder in the 700K they're actually interested in? Mine's well, Jai Simpkin. Mine's Jai, Jai Simpkin if, when he, if he, comes, uh, when he comes down. Yeah. So when he comes back in, he plays that game, he's going to drop further. Hopefully we get him down to 750K. He was flying in that first quarter before he got injured. He had 48 points in that first quarter. So... Um, he hasn't been fantastic to start the year, but he's definitely someone I'll look at um, when he comes in and bottoms out in price. Yeah, well, yeah, both I mean, Day if, and Butters yeah. are mids, though, aren't they? Yeah, yeah so you can play him in could the could be playing them. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's where the targets would go. Um, selection will decide where the rookies are. There are a couple with low break-evens. We've mentioned them both, but... Um, noting there's two players coming back in Carlton's defence uh, over the next two or three weeks, so be mindful of that so the job security's not there. Uh, and Hawks were a little bit unsure. And the only thing I'll say about Mitchell's scoring, um, and he's had two scores in the 60, which is fantastic, and I'll have to double-check the exact data, but I'm pretty sure both games he's had a... 30 slant, 40 scoring quarter. Now, to me, that makes it sound like his scoring is unsustainable. Yeah, he had 42 points in that last quarter the other day. This is what I was sort of saying before. He got a couple of intercept marks and stuff at, like in the back end of the game. Um, yeah, 42 points of his 68. Okay, can I... For 20. Can I throw a midfielder in the low 700s and just see what the the thoughts are? The the player has a midfield run of Richmond, Melbourne, West Coast, Brisbane, Western Bulldogs and Adelaide before the bye. Matty Rao. Yes, get around him. My boy, my all-gold coast midfielder. Took out, midfield. boys, what do you think? Dead silence. It's the same as the Fiorini question. Move on from Gold Coast Mids. Oh. Rogers. Roger. Right. On that Bird. note, on that note, we will keep a lid on Fiorini this week. You know, I think the think everyone sort of mentioned it. Don't pick him. You know, don't do it. I, I'm I'm really off it. I'm I'm against it myself. But I do hope that you guys have a great week. We'll keep the lid on completely. Um, I've got nothing more to say about Fiorini in this episode. But have a good week trading. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Fuck you for that. Even those with shitty scoring have no happy.
Fiorini, 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 